Eventually, when we want the freedom bad enough, is when we'll really do it. And that's often the way it works. We usually will get so stuck in the muck and the mire and sick and tired of stuff is when we'll finally do something about it. But it doesn't have to be that way. We could be doing something about it before that called preventative, right? So we could be doing this child's play before the crisis hits the fan. Shift happens, and it can be a little easier when we do more of the preventative work by playing ahead of time rather than doing it out of desperation. But it does take an active participation. It, it takes an effort on our part. It takes an initiative. Well, I'm not a self-starter. Well, that's okay. You'll learn to be sooner or later. But I'll tell you what. It's a lot easier to be a self-starter when you're more joyful and enthusiastic and having fun, isn't it? Have you ever noticed that in life? Sometimes you've got to prime the pump. But once you get that energy moving, it's a lot easier to now ride it than it is necessarily to get it going. But that's why it's important to find a way that works for you. Some of us, we can go home, listen to a CD, and do it. Others of us, we need to come to the group, come to a retreat, come to a class to get the juices flowing. It's all there. Do it in whatever way works for you. And then keep doing it to keep it going. I do all of it because it all works for me and I like all of it. But that may not be true for you. But how are you going to know unless you try? Experiment. Experiment with all that's available. Not just in here, not just on the CDs, but then take it out into the world and start to experiment in your daily life. Begin to find it there. Well, yeah, but so many people are closed down and they're just not happy, so I only like being in a group like this where everybody's really more spiritually focused. I know. I know. But maybe out in the world, it's not quite the freedom you may experience in here, but maybe there's a way you at least can do something, even if it's just a little bit. Begin to experiment and see how you can do that. It's really funny because at lunch today, somebody was asking me, you know, over the years, I learned to stop crying because whenever I would, I'd be yelled at or punished. So you had to toughen up. That's some of that programming I was talking about earlier. So this person is wanting to know how to begin crying because that part has been so shut off. And I said, well, one of the things that I did is that, first of all, I recognized where I was shut off. That's the first step is awareness, to become aware. And I realized years ago I was shut off and I wouldn't allow myself to cry. And if I ever did it, it had to be in private. Nobody could see me. And even then I felt a hard time doing that. So I started doing an experiment. You ever watch a good movie um, that's heartfelt and gets you the tears coming from all the love pouring through? Well, what I would do, it would go to a movie theater all on my own. Nobody with me, where it's all dark, but it was a public place. 
Because I wanted to learn how to be free with my emotions in public. I could cry on my own, even though it was a little bit of work, but I wanted to be able to have freedom even out in public. So I started with a dark movie theater on my own. I'd go watch a movie and allow myself to cry in the theater. Of course, I'd keep my voice more muffled, you know, just let the tears flow, no sounds. But I did that over and over and over. And I'll tell you what, it worked. It got easier to cry. Then when I was eventually at one point, I was ready to allow myself that freedom of expression with other people seeing me do that. So what am I saying? It's all an experiment, and it takes practice to do it over and over. And it is through actions and repetition that we do begin to train ourselves into a new way of being, to set ourselves free, to have that kind of freedom, to find, be creative. I'm just throwing out a few little suggestions. We're all creative. We can come up with all kinds of different ways to support ourselves in actions we can take to get that greater freedom. Begin to do that more with yourselves. Begin to do that. Besides the meditation, I'm not saying instead of. The meditation's the key thing. But where you find yourself stuck in your own personal life within yourself and you feel reserved or held back or limited or suppressed, don't avoid it. Don't deny it. That's something you're going to have to deal with sooner or later. Why put it off any longer? Because you know what goes with it. It's just the misery of it and the pain of it. So begin to work with it. Even if it's just little baby steps, doesn't matter how small the action is. Begin to do something with it because it's in the doing that you're going to find the greater freedom and joy. And then, as I practiced the crying more and more, you know what came with it? More laughter. Because as I set myself free through withholding those emotions, in came the joy. And what comes often with joy is laughter. So as I allowed myself to cry more, I also began to laugh more. It's like two sides of the same coin. That's why I found that crying and laughter literally can go hand in hand. There's a quote, actually, that helped me in that. I don't know how it goes, but I, knew, I know it was something in the book by Khalil Gibran that he somehow re referenced to that joy and sorrow stand side by side. They're like two sides of the same coin. They come from the same place. I found I could laugh, but I found I couldn't allow myself to have the sorrow. But when I allowed the sorrow to come in and to have the tears, when I allowed it, is where I allowed myself to have the freedom now through that. And in came the greater laughter right behind it. So a lot of this is giving ourselves permission, taking responsibility, taking action, doing something. If you noticed over the years, if you've been around, you see me play around a lot. You'll see me tease people. I do it in that way because I know how challenging this can be so I try to make it fun. I try to have laughter and joy along the way because I know how challenging it is. I've lived all this. 
I still have to deal with it to this day, the challenges in the world that comes with this. I didn't have any magic or anything special happen to me. It's the same for all of us. And that's all Jim and I do here is share what we've done ourselves because we know the benefits that come with it and the things we do that also work against ourselves. Freedom of choice. What do you choose? And if you don't know what you even want in life, explore. See what it is. But when I say what you want in life, where's your focus in that question? Is it what you want in your physical life? Is it what you want in your emotional life? Is it what you want in your mental life? Is it what you want in your spiritual life? Maybe it's good to look at all of them. Because you, the soul, is experiencing all of that. But what I do know, seek first the kingdom of God and all else is added unto you. So seek spirit, your spiritual life first. And as you live that more fully, that will begin to permeate through all the other levels where you find what you want through it all. And the joke of it all is, even the things you thought you wanted in the physical were only just reflections of really the spirit inside. Well, one thing that I've found that is very beneficial in all that Brian was talking about is another aspect of our own soul and another tool that we can use in our daily life, and that's patience. Be patient with ourselves. You know, oftentimes it's very easy for us to be patient with others. We've learned how to do that, or it's just innate within us. All these qualities of the soul are innate within us and just need to be brought forward and allowed to be expressed. And oftentimes patience is something that we do with others, just as we're great in service to others, but not to ourselves. And so I found that I'm ever having to call forward patience with myself, because sometimes I can set up great expectations of our great demands on myself, and I have to pull everything back and be patient and realize that it's an unfolding process, it's a moving forward process, a gentle process, rather than instantaneous and now. Oftentimes in the American society, as well as elsewhere in the world now, people want it now. They want that magic pill, they want everything right now. They want the degree today, they don't want to have to work for it for four years. They want the promotion today, they don't want to have to prove themselves. And it really is a process of being patient, as well as being persevering. Keep on moving forward, setting a goal for where you want to go, and then take steps to get there. But realize that setting a goal doesn't mean you're there. It means now you have a direction to go, and you now have to get, begin moving, doing, being in action. And patience is a big companion on that process. A lot of times people will even come into something like this and they'll hear other people talk about their own spiritual journey in a sharing. And they will immediately go into judgment for themselves and, 
anger within themselves and frustration because, well, why not me? Why can't I have that? You know, I've been coming here for 10 years. Why are they coming in today and I don't ever have those experiences they're talking about? Everybody's journey is different. And we each have to approach our own journey in our own way. But patience is a part of the spiritual path as well as the physical path. And if we can learn to relax, to let go, and to be patient, oftentimes we will allow into us experiences in the world and within ourselves that maybe we're holding back only because of our impatience, our demand, our expectation. So one of the things I have looked at over the years with myself is how can I be more patient? And when I say that, immediately the first thing that comes up inside is to be more loving. To be more loving with myself allows me to be more patient. And loving, when I bring it forward for myself, just relaxes and it opens and it allows in such a wonderful way that then it's easy to move forward both in loving and in patience. And they seem to go hand in hand for me now. I can't say that's always been the way it was, but they do now go hand in hand. And so I can look very carefully at my day and at the events in the day and how I'm handling them and to see, am I really being loving with myself? And am I really being patient with myself? And it's amazing what it feels like not to be patient with myself now. It is just such a miserable feeling to not be in that space. So look and see in your daily life as you're moving forward what that means for you, what it means to be patient. And how is it that you do that with others, but maybe you don't do it with yourself? You're patient with your children or your mate or your parents or your boss or your co-workers or whatever it might be, your best friend. You're patient with them and you'll allow them to take their time to get somewhere, to do something, to move forward, to understand. But can you really apply that same principle to yourself? If you don't, you're only hurting yourself. You're not helping yourself. So begin to look and see how can you apply that same quality you're giving to others to yourself. And begin to allow yourself to refocus and to retrain your own quality of life. It is really about a quality of life that, that I'm talking about. Are you happy? Are you joyful? Are you moving forward? Are you having the experiences in life that you want? If not, the only person that can change that is you. Nobody else. It'd be great if you could turn it over to somebody else and they could rearrange your life in such a way that everything just happened the way you wanted it. And if you ever meet that person, let me know. Because I'll be glad to come over and talk to them a little bit too. But I don't think there's a person out there that can do it. Now, there are some people out there that say they can do it, and they'll play the game of it, and they'll attempt it, but oftentimes they're going to mess your life up more than help you. And you're going to mess yourself up more trying to do the things that they tell you to do. Maybe those things they're telling you work for them, but maybe they're not the tools and the mechanism by which you can go forward in your life. 
So don't copy other people and maybe don't even listen to other people about how you should be living your life. Have you ever had somebody come up and tell you how you should be living your life? I have. I've had people tell me where I'm wrong and what I'm doing wrong and I'm going the wrong direction. And when I was younger, I thought, well, maybe I need to pay attention. They're older than me. They've lived their lives longer. Maybe they're wiser about this and I would give it a try. Only to find out it didn't work for me. But then I felt bad. I felt bad for them because they maybe told me some things that didn't work for me and they misdirected me and I felt bad that maybe they were indirectly hurting me or misdirecting me in my life. And I also felt bad that I was going to have to not do it their way and have them realize I wasn't going to do it their way and go back to doing it mine. And maybe having them feel that I'm judging them or I'm making them wrong or I'm rejecting what they're sharing with me. But the one thing I found is if I'm honest and true with myself, others eventually, if not immediately, will come into alignment with allowing me to live my life as I'm allowing to live theirs. And isn't that what patience is? To be patient with others and to be patient with ourselves? is to allow people to live their life, but also to allow ourselves to live ours. And there's a lot of us that maybe have not learned how to do that or aren't doing that on a regular basis. And we might want to look and see just what that would be like then, to live our life our way, to find our joy, to find our peace, to find our happiness, to find our abundance, whatever it might be. Now there's an old statement, keeping up with the Joneses. Well, that's living outside of ourselves, comparing ourselves, trying to be something that we're really not, but we think that looks awful happy over there, it looks awfully good over there, so now I've got to do that too. And I've really found that if I can just be honest with myself, be patient with myself, and keep honoring myself and doing it my way, my direction, my purpose, my goal, that I do have a great joy and happiness and enthusiasm with my life. But the moment I start looking out there and living it the way it is out there rather than inside myself, I only hurt. I go into separation. I go into frustration. I go into anger. I go into judgment. And those aren't the qualities of life I want. That's not going to get me anywhere but into greater shutdown and greater pain. So pay attention. It's great to meditate every day, but then what are you doing with the other 24 hours of your life? Or 23 hours and 59 minutes, possibly. It's called... Live it to the fullest. Live your meditation daily. Live your meditation in the, every moment as best you can. What you're doing with God is sharing your loving with God and allowing God's loving in. Now it's time for you to share your loving with yourself and allow that loving in. And allow that loving then to come forward and into your life and love your life as you're loving God and allowing God's loving in. 
Make it a two-way street, a two-way action. <coughs> you give inward and upward, and it comes back to you, and then give it out into the world, that path of your life, so that your life is filled with loving. And loving and patience go hand in hand. You don't have one without the other. If you're being patient with others or with yourself, and loving is a part of that, it's not truly patience. You're tolerating, but you're not patient. The one thing I did early on in life was I did keep a journal. <clears throat> and I would write down every day at least one thing I learned in that day about myself. But one day, I decided to go back and start reading that journal just to look at all the things I've learned about myself. Well, you'd be surprised. In all that I was writing about these things I was learning about myself were my complaints about other people, my impatience with other people, the things I saw wrong about what other people were doing. And I'm going through that, and I'm going, that's not a lesson. That's not learning about me. And I would see little things here and there where I was writing about what I had learned or experienced that day that I felt was good, but there was all this other stuff in there. And I went, I'm not paying attention. I'm paying attention to other things outside of me, and I'm not paying attention to me. Even when I have the focus to do that and I'm writing it down, I, I'm writing all this other stuff and I'm not even paying attention to what I'm doing. And it made me very aware that I need to pay closer attention, be more aware in every day, in every moment of this journey. And not even pay attention sometimes to what they are going through or what they were doing at that time. But see, how am I approaching them? How am I with them? How am I in response to them? Am I in action or in reaction? And as I was reading that journal, I realized, my God, I'm in reaction with a lot of people. And I had to look and see, why am I in reaction with them? So that was the next part of my journaling. Why am I in reaction with all these people when I'm with them? Because I felt that that was something that was a barrier between me and getting what I wanted. So I began to look at that. And as I began to read what I had written, around that part of the journey, I learned a lot. I learned that I was jealous, I was envious, I wanted what they had rather than me, or I was upset and frustrated and angry that they weren't listening to my statement, they were only putting themselves on me and expecting me to be it their way. So I realized right away that there was an action I needed to do here, and that was be patient with them and allow them to be who they are. I can't expect them to change in order for my world to be what I wanted. I had to just be patient with them and allow them to live their life. And if they were going to put stuff on me, that's fine. But I didn't have to take it in. I didn't have to live it. I didn't have to believe it. I didn't have to dismiss my own self to live their life. And I found that as I 
began to be patient in, in that way with them, I also began to be patient with myself more. I began to realize that it was, a, again, a two-way action. Patience inside and patience outside. And I found patience for myself by how I was learning how to be patient with others. It would come for me and be patient with them. And then I learned to bring that back to myself and to do that for myself as well. And that's when I began to really learn the lessons of life. And then the journaling totally changed. And every day the page was filled with something I had learned about me. Not about them, but about me. And very quickly I began to see shift change in my life. An action change. And I didn't become self-centered, but I became centered focused. And I could begin to live from that centeredness in a greater way than I had ever lived before. And what did I find But at the center was loving. So patience will lead you to loving. And loving will take you into patience. And if you commit to pay attention to that and listen to that and follow that, you'll see that that's true. All these things are part of the aspects of the soul that are the aspects of God. It's one and the same. If we want to be God-like, then pay attention to that which is inside of you, these aspects of joy and enthusiasm and grace and gratitude and patience. And they all will lead you back to loving. And if you go to loving first and find loving first inside of you, you will find that out of loving, all these things will just automatically flow. It's just up to you as to how you do that. And it's a very simple process. Stop looking outside and comparing yourselves to others and just look inside and know yourself. In Greece, there was a statement written on top of a doorway going into a school of philosophy. Know thyself. That's all they were asking you to do. Not anything else, but to know thyself. If we do that, we will have fulfilled our life and we will have done all that we could possibly do in this world and for this world. And that's the greatest service we could ever perform is to know thyself. And what is thyself? Your soul, your loving essence, your truth, your compassion, your patience, your caring, and your service. All right. And so be it. <laughs> it has been spoken, so let it be so. <laughs> Thank you. I guess we'll see you all next Sunday. Uh, Y'all. <laughs> <laughs>